0: Hello and welcome to this week's French Football Weekly Podcast, the podcast that doesn't have an issue with being taken off shortly into the second half. More on that later. Uh, my name is Chris, I am your host and uh, it's uh, a full hat-trick of guests for this evening. I have got, from left to right as usual, I've got Phil. Hello, Phil. Hello. I've got Jez. Good evening, Jez. Hello. And I've got a very tired Rich. He's had a long day. Hi, Rich. <laughs> Good evening. Yeah, right so are going to launch straight into the show this week because we've got uh, a lot to get through so we're going to try and plow through as much as we can as quickly as possible just a quick note to say thank you to our um, a few of our listeners that um tweeted me and a few of the guys um just to say they've missed us that's always nice to hear um thank so you all, sweet i know all three of our listeners no i'm joking but yeah it's very nice of you to to get in touch so thank you for that Right, uh, we're going to jump in with two feet. And, um, well, seems like a good enough place to start. It's is, uh, is Ren Nantes. Um, Rich, will come to you, first of all, for obvious reasons. I sat down on Friday evening for, uh, for the Brittany Derby, and I thought, yeah, this, this might be a decent watch. Got to half-time and thought, hmm, maybe I was a bit wrong. And then, and then, it all happened. Uh, a 3-2 win doesn't even begin to tell the story. Um, your thoughts... <laughs> with about 10 minutes to go when it was 2-1 to Nantes and your thoughts when it was 96 minutes and 3-2 to Ren.
1: Yeah, you sort of feel sorry for those Rennes fans that either switched off or left early. Um, it was, it was, yeah, it was quite remarkable, really, um, to turn it round from a, from a 2-1 deficit into a win. I think it was 95th minute and 98th minute the two Ren goals went in. Um, yeah, I... I, I Still can't believe it. Still scratching my head. Um, that Rafinha goal that won it. I'm yeah. I'm still bemused. At the time I saw it go in, I didn't even bother celebrating because it was so obviously offside. Um, there was the briefest of celebrations from from Ren and, and Ren fans in the stadium, but whistle blew and we thought that was that. At least we've salvaged a the point. Then it slowly dawns on people that there's a VAR review going on. Then we start seeing replays and then we start seeing, hang on, is that a, a non-player that's just sitting down at the far side of the box? And is his big toe keeping Rafinha on side? And the more you look at it and the more you look at it, <laughs> the more you felt, they're seeing something here. They're seeing something. And then, of course, it gets given and and all hell breaks loose, <laughs> basically. Um, it was it was tremendous. From a Ren fan, I mean, you'd feel awful if you're a non fan. But as a Ren fan, it's obviously fantastic, especially considering the opposition. Um, I wasn't. Yeah, you know, I'll be the first to admit I wasn't overly keen on some of the some of the celebrations. There were players running on Kamavinga, who who had gone off uh, substituted earlier in the game, and, and Sasha Bowie, the the young uh, right back, were running onto the pitch and. It got a little bit ugly with perhaps some celebrations being a little bit too personal, shall we say, too particularly aimed at non-players. It it may be approached the line. Some may say crossed it. Um, it. That wasn't great. There was some bookings and a bit of argy, uh, argy bargy as we got to the final whistle as well. But all in all, you know, as a Rem fan, I can't complain to to win a game like that. Is is fantastic. You almost feel I'd rather win the game like that than just a nice, comfortable two 0 win. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it was great. I mean, sort of ruined it a little bit with the with the result last night. But we'll, we'll talk about that part later. But yeah, as as a game from a rem perspective, fantastic. As an as a non fan, you'll be thinking, you know, why couldn't it have just blown at eighty minutes? Or as you said, even ninety four minutes would have done the job. But um, uh, a win is a win, uh, and it it, it certainly uh, it certainly felt very sweet.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. From a neutral point of view, Jazz, uh, your sort of thoughts on on a game like this, in terms of um, j- just just an overall advert for French football, like Rich said, leaving aside the the slightly sour taste with the, the scenes at the end. But it was one of those games that even if you weren't a fan of French football necessarily would have kept you captivated and, and was a good advert for the for the game overall in France. Would you
2: say? Yeah, I think everyone loves a good derby, and especially a um, and also a sort of a dramatic finish. So when you got a dramatic finish in a derby, it's everything you want in in a in a match, and especially sort of a live match to open the weekend. I think it's it's great for French football. Um, I think, as Rich said, almost every time I watch when. I keep thinking of the Napoleon quote about I'd rather have a lucky general than a good one. Mm-hmm. I, I still think they're on a stunning run of luck for 18 months or so. Um, Rich did mention the, the first equaliser, which um, I don't know how. I mean, it reminded me of the Rango against uh, Betis last year. I mean, how Niang isn't flagged for clearly obstructing the goalkeeper while he's an offside, in an offside position I don't know and um, I agree about the distasteful scenes afterwards as well and I'm not absolutely convinced that Rafinha wasn't offside in that for the for the winner but keep putting themselves in positions to to get this kind of luck to, to sort of quote someone else Gary Player always used to say the more I practice the luckier I get so mm-hmm. there's obviously something more than just luck in it and Stefan has got the team sort of all pulling together in the same direction. So, um, yeah, it was a fantastic result and great drama for the neutral. Um, as Rich said, yesterday was, was kind of less impressive and, and um, especially against the sort of next direct rival for third place, it's a little bit of a blow, but through the, Ren have still got a good three-point cushion. Lille are blowing a lot, sort of, a lot more hot and cold than, than Ren are, so Wren is still in the in the box seat for third place. Um, I only watched the last 20 minutes yesterday and I saw three Unu dives and three Ren handballs, so <laughs> I still also maintain that they're an extremely dislikable team at the moment, but you've got to hand it to the to Stefan, the players, for what they're achieving right now. Yeah, yeah, absolutely.
0: As you say, it's, it's one of those you make your own luck and... Uh... Think
2: it's and if fair. you don't,
0: the referees and VAR will help <laughs> you out. <laughs> it's always a bonus. I have to say, I thought um, even uh, Nantes, uh, I think it's their second goal, was slightly fortuitous as well. It was a game of, of a few fortuitous decisions and goals, but um, nevertheless...
1: My, my, my favourite my favorite thing from that game <laughs> was the fact that, you know, there was, there was a lot looking at, at Auburn Le and being stunned at conceding two late like, goals was the fact that it's not even the first time that's happened to him against Wren. Uh, because I think it would have been, uh, about, I think it was 2015 maybe, twenty early part of 2016, when he was playing for Toulouse, Wren scored two goals in added on time to turn a result round in their favour. So uh, he, he will be very much glad, I think, to see the back of Wren uh, this season because, boy, do they like to hurt him.
2: Mm, yeah, can yeah, I absolutely. can I just quickly, just from a historical perspective, if we're talking about goalkeepers and Ren and Toulouse, it's always a good reason to remind people to look up Ali Hamada's <laughs> performance.
0: Oh <laughs> <Yeah>. God. <laughs> A classic a vintage if you
3: will. I was
1: I was I was in hospital during that game and man alive did that keep me going. <laughs> I was gonna
3: say, yeah. As a result yeah of... Move you up to YCU. <laughs> yeah. I think.
0: Um well that got the weekend underway. Um, and the next game, uh, unfortunately, Phil, I'm gonna have to oh, um have to slide in into this one with you next. Um PSG Kicked off the, the Saturday action with a, a five-nil win at the Parc des over Bordeaux Montpellier. Nine-man Montpellier in the end. Um, well, where do you where do you want to unpick so well, to this?
3: Well, uh, this the thing was, we go into this, which is obviously a big game, with Rulli really suspended after the Coupe de France um, shenanigans. So we have Berto and goal, who concedes inside the first 10 minutes and then get sent off himself so we've got our third choice goalkeeper Carvalho who's 20 um taking so charge from like the 18th minute or something and then Di Maria scores you know, like, fine yes okay he'll do that and then Right on the brink of half time, an own goal from death for It's like if there was a time not to do that it's it's now, and then everything uh, went completely pear shaped in the second half
2: as to be fair, I'm not sure Congre knew much about it.
3: well, <laughs> no, but it's still's not a good look, is it so uh, Then we'd got Mbappé scores and then then the drama commenced Um, Mm -hmm. because he was taken off. Um, I think they were still only you can see the air quotes hopefully, only 4-0 up uh, when he was taken off and Sarabia was taken off uh, to bring on Icardi and Cavani and he wasn't happy. And then there was the fifth goal and then another red card for Montpellier. I think possibly having lost 5-0, the fact that we're all talking about Mbappe bitching about being taken off is, is maybe saving Montpellier uh, to a certain degree. But it does appear to have... A bit bitchy at that point. Yeah. Like yeah. if you're four nil up and you take it off, that is not the hill on. It was to five
2: five nil at the time.
0: Was, was it five? Well, yeah. Um, he I mean,
3: he wasn't he taken off on sixty one, which is before. I think because I, I was there? scored
2: after it was his shot that was deflected.
3: Right. but okay. well, either way, <clears throat> not the hill to die on. You know, just just leave it. It's fine. It's whatever. And now there's all talk about maybe he'll go to Real Madrid and all of this business. Yeah.
0: Well, well we'll we'll take one we'll take one each. Um Jez, I wanna ask you first about Neymar because this was the other talking point that came out um of the weekend, not just his lovely pink rinse, um, but the fact that, oh, that he was uh it's a conflicting story some say he was booked for um ungentlemanly conduct by the referee others say he was, he was booked for his attitude towards the referee he clearly said in the in the um the tunnel area afterwards it was being filmed He was just trying to play football um as a sunday league football manager i know what i would have done if my opponent did that to me i'd put him in the hedge um repeatedly uh, until he stopped being a pillock but that said there is nothing really in the rules that that says that i can find that says you can't express yourself which side of the fence do you come down on with that one jess
2: um a little bit of both sides um i don't particularly like that kind of showboating um i think i don't know i mean I, uh, there's a time and a place for it I, there was something about the way ronaldinho did it with a kind of smile on his face and possibly in in less fraught moments that was kind of enjoyable Neymar I think goes out of his way to do it to wind up the opposition but there's nothing wrong with doing that either I mean it's it's sort of gamesmanship or yeah gamesmanship in 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 some form or other that you know there's other kinds that that you get away with um whatever it is whether it's insulting or you know a, a subtle shirt target a corner or something like that i don't have a huge issue with that and um you know it's people who would argue that it's just bringing a little bit of joy into the game i think that's fair enough um and i completely disagree with the referee pulling him up for it if it's i think they discussed it on the totally football show if the referee's kind of warning him saying listen feel free to do it but don't be surprised if Savagne breaks your legs in five minutes' time or something like that. Um, then, then fine. But I, I don't think the referee—it's the referee's place to tell him off for doing it. At the same time, Neymar should know better than to to react in the way he does, and just his constant petulance taken in the context of all the rest of it and all the diving and the screaming and the without even getting into onto the subject of the indulgence of letting him have the non-match-off so that he can celebrate his birthday the day before and things like that. Um, it's all sort of that, that that's unnecessary. Um, I can understand a little bit in the heat of the moment of the referee saying something that he he could get a little bit upset, but to bring it into the tunnel, obviously with... Um, Virati, like little yapper dog, behind him, backing him up. Um, I don't think that's necessary at all. Um, there's there's been a lot of people. He you critis- in that situation, is he? Yeah, there's been a lot of criticism of of um, the fourth official for responding to Neymar in French. Personally, I don't have an issue with that. Again, if Neymar's sort of big and bad enough to to do all this showboating, like well into his third year in fr- French football. Actually, I do think that if he wants to sort of have a discussion with a French official, it should be in French. And to his credit, he replied um, something like, <laughs> speak French, my ass in French. So yeah. so <laughs> give him a little bit of credit for that. So, yeah, I'm a little bit torn. I think the referee was entirely wrong in the first place. But I think Neymar's reaction was wrong as well. Mm, yeah, yeah,
0: agreed. Agreed. It's um, yeah, it was a bit of a weird one. And just briefly, Rich, your thoughts on... The Mbappe situation. Um, Liverpool fans make me laugh; they really do. Uh, God bless them. We give them a sniff of a title, and uh, all of a sudden they're signing Mbappe in the summer now. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, does it does it really change anything? They don't need him. Well, no, they don't. Look they're at awesome. them; they don't need game. him. Madness. It's fine. What's um, What's your thoughts,
1: Rich, on that one? Um, I think the Mbappe situation is is a very interesting one because I think this is being for the most part, very well engineered by Mbappe and, and, and his sort of inner circle of, of trusted advisors. You know, this, there's a lot of things going on. We can, we can stem it back to the um, last season's UNFP awards with his comments at the ceremony there and question marks. Does he mean it? Is he off? Is his happiness, is he actually happy at PSG? He's saying he wants more responsibility and this, that and the other. Then we've had quite a long sustained period of this sort of Neymar and Mbappe being best mates sort of rammed down our throats with social media likes and photos and look at these, they're great mates and there's, there's that. Then we had the uh, interview with the BBC where we step it back to the Real Madrid links. We know we know that there's 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 links to Real Madrid. We know what his, his history and support of, of the likes of Ronaldo and, and, and Real Madrid and all that. We know that that has been a thing. We then have his, his BBC interview uh, where he speaks in English. I don't recall any other interview, certainly into that sort of that level of content where he spoke in English. I'd, I'd never heard him speak English for, for that that length of time before. And obviously within that, he's such gl- such glowing praise about Liverpool um, and how they play football and Klopp and how he, he didn't mind that Trent Alexander-Arnold had nicked his celebration and <laughs> there's that. And we're now moving towards... Another, cause this isn't the first time that he's reacted like that when he's been taken off. No. Um, it, it's happened before. We've had this again. For me, it does feel like it's culminating in mm. a summer where Mbappe is going to be the big story. Mm. Um, you know, it's going to be difficult to see Real Madrid not coming for him. I think Jez tweeted something about there they were already. Rumours that there may have even been contract talks and maybe even deals agreed, but I, I, I would strongly have thought that the Spanish press would have been leading that, um, knowing how well that they can control the narrative over there. But we're going to have a summer where it's all about Mbappe and things. And and we joke about why the Liverpool need him, but the fact is, is that ultimately he's going to move to one of two leagues, be it Spain or be it England. If he's moving to England... Where's he going to go? You know, you think there's only two places like to be: Man City, who can afford to pay him whatever he wants, or Liverpool, where he's got it on. We've got it on record now of of you know he's there is some admiration there, and Liverpool are obviously going to want to carry on everything that they have done this season. They don't want this season to be a one-off. They want this to now be the start of this new Liverpool dynasty and you know the likes of Mo Salah. Then you know, I don't want to say they're getting on because it, you know they're still in the twenties. But they're going to you know they don't want to be in a position where they leave players to get too old, and then they're you know they're trying to build again. So if they can start build bringing new players within that, you know, yeah, I could see Mbappe in that team. I don't necessarily see that, for example, being Devils advocate. I don't necessarily see for perhaps Firmino. You know, if you could offload Firmino for a great sum of money and use some of that plus other resources to fund bringing in Mbappe, well, I think Liverpool fans, most Liverpool fans, would probably snap your hand off at that. Mm. Or if he's going to Spain, where's he going to go? Well, it's one of two clubs, but it seems more clear than any that it's going to be Real Madrid. So for me, all of what's gone on with Mbappe and, and um, Saturday afternoon was no exception to that. Leads me to think this is just coming down, and it's going to come to a head this summer. And it will either be he's sold, or it becomes clear that his long-term future isn't at PSG. So that—that's how I see it. I mean, I may be reading things completely wrong, but that's how I see it. Putting, you know, numerous bits and pieces together in this complicated mm-hmm. jigsaw. Yeah.
3: yeah, I think the the issue is. There was a strange kind of symbiosis over the weekend because uh, over in Barcelona, uh, we had uh, Eric Abidal um, critiquing certain members of the squad for not trying hard enough and Messi coming back and, and critiquing him back. And now it looks like there's going to be meetings and admin and shit. And Mbappe's reaction to being taken off, as as I say, at a really kind of you know obvious time to keep him keep him fit and everything. If he thinks, does it feel like a bit that he's thinks he is the messy figure in this team, that he can make his position felt and the manager is secondary. We've got some some interesting stuff going on here, but I still think with Liverpool, I just given who they have at the moment... You know, we've got a lot of people who want to be starting every game, and Firmino isn't one of them. Where else would um, uh, Mbappe feel in? Mm. So it's it's going to be interesting because it feels like if he if Mbappe is to Paris, what Messi is to Barcelona. Then isn't that the best place to stay?
2: I don't think he is, though. I, th- I mean, to me, irrespective of what happened on Sunday, that's the biggest I thing. Isn't I th- mean, it's a forty minutes. Minute. Mm. I don't think he still
3: started
2: yesterday
3: against uh, Nantes. I don't,
2: after, I don't think after after there's any doubt at all that Mbappe is going to go to Real. Madrid, is going to leave PSG in the summer, and I'd be massively surprised if it wasn't Real Madrid. I think it's been a kind of open secret that the two adore each other for years now so the only way I could see him going to Liverpool is if Real Madrid decided for some reason Mm -hmm. to pull out but I, I think I just think Mbappe needs to be careful I mean you can you can sort of err on his side and say isn't it great that he's a competitor and he wants to improve his stats and that kind of thing but I do think it's an ego thing I think Neymar clearly is still the number one there both in terms well I mean Tuchel has basically said it but also in the way that he's treated I think Di Maria based on his form of the last 18 months and also the fact that Tuchel has several times said I adore Di Maria he's my favourite player I think at least one of them if not both maybe have got a little bit of status ahead of Mbappe and I think he's being a little bit petulant I mean he's a you know he's 21 he's got the world at his feet he's a
3: and, and look Ridiculous at the track. goal
2: scorer. He's got a World Cup winners medal. Yeah, Monaco World I don't think Cup.
3: PSG. He's like he wants to maybe move on to where it's easier. Than... I don't think
2: it's anything to do with ease. I think huh. it, it may be no, tall, is I think maybe is. No, he wants a Champions be, medal. But I think sure. it'd be harder for him to go to, to a new place and, and sort of. Especially a new country with a lot more expectation, yeah, um, a, a lot more sort of history one,
1: against.
2: Him. I just, I just several of those. I think
0: and that he
3: PSG are looking to do that, and if they he leaves, that's another problem they've got in trying to do that.
0: If, if they win the Champions League, <clears throat> for me, that's when he goes. That that that's the that's the obvious time to, to cash in on an asset. Yeah. But um, will they win it this year? I mean, probably not. But stranger things have happened. Um, I want to I want to leave Mbappe to one side there because I I am conscious of time, and I want to give Jazz an opportunity to um to have a have a moment here because um, Jazz, your your beloved Mets had what I I think could end up being potentially the result of their season, um, not just in terms of the fact they beat St. Etienne, one of their close rivals, for the, for the sort of lower end of the table at the moment, by three goals to one. But it was it was more the performance. Um, I, I just thought they were so good from start to finish. Three straight wins, uh, 26 points now, which leaves you, uh, what, seven points clear of the relegation playoff spot. What what do you think has sort of engineered this this turnaround and and your sort of thoughts on that overall performance to, to beat St. Etienne? so comfortably it could have been more I felt but just thought they were so impressive what was your thoughts
2: I was actually just about to say that ironically we're probably having our best performance in four matches tonight against Montpellier and we're losing <laughs> I think we might have just equalised I'm not yes. sure one, one. but, uh, but um, I, I just think things are relatively settled I th- first of all I think um, being slaughtered by Rouen and really humiliated i think was was a bit of a wake up call, and um that allied to the fact that there's a little bit more consistency of selection now um Dylan braun, I think has been a brilliant um signing in in defense who in really good form um in goal Udol is finally getting a little bit of luck and a good run at left back um and I think maybe. The patience that's been shown, I was going to say in the front three, um, in in the case of Diallo, it's been sort of patience over the last three or four years where he's been written off a few times, but the club have, have really sort of invested in him and he just, he's been fantastic this year. In terms of Nian and, and Get, they're both very frustrating. They can blow hot and cold, probably to be fair, overall colder than than hotter, but they both have their moments and and... Sunday's match was, was in gets moment with, with two goals and an assist. Um, and I, it's, I mean, again, firstly, t- to be fair, like against Strasbourg, Mess got the one nil win were awful against Rast. They scored in the fourth minute and didn't hang on, but didn't show too much after that either. Um, against Saint-Étienne, as, as you said, that really was a great performance. But, um, yeah, it's just I think it's just a, a mixture of factors coming together. I'm sort of cautiously optimistic because they can just as easily lose form. Um, but I think as I said last week, um, certainly in the last or in the match against saint and even away at Reims and tonight at Montpellier, I think there's there's an element of a sort of free hit to it. So then they're not the matches that Mess are expected to win so they're playing with a little bit less pressure on them. Um, and, yeah, it just, it just feels like it's a real purple patch at the moment. Obviously, the hope is that they can keep something like that going for the rest, for the rest of the season. Um, but, yeah, earlier in the season, maybe the, the, the performances weren't as bad as some of the results suggested. There were, there were just some really stupid mistakes here and there, especially some stupid earlier goals conceded. Um, possibly, they're in, in that sense, they're getting, you know, things are evening out a little bit um you know that 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 although i think tonight before tonight's matches started they were as close to to europe as they were to the the two relegation places <laughs> i'm not expecting europe or anything like that but um you know hopefully um it would be nice to have um a sort of april or may time where i don't have to worry about relegation or at least only worrying about brighton <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. well, said, well said. Um The other, I would, I would just sorry, I would just say was, one one other thing about that game, and this is in no way meant to take any gloss off Metz's uh, performance, but from for any Arsenal fans listening, of which I hope we've got at least one, one? <laughs> uh, it was um, it was probably the first poor game from Saliba. Mm. Um it wasn't it wasn't a great performance from him. He was caught out of position a few times. Um looked quite nervous on the ball and especially susceptible to a long ball as well. Seemed to not be able to judge it in the air and get caught out by the bounce. Um and, and done for pace as well, um mm. a couple of times as well. There was one big error and, and ultimately it was it he was one of probably two Saint-Etienne players who were at fault for the the met's thir- uh, third goal i think it was so it wasn't it wasn't a great day at the office for, for Saliba, but considering how well he's performed since coming into the team and then coming back from injury it, it, you know it, it was probably due and arsenal fans i suppose just get it all out of the way now this season and save all <laughs> well, the I mean, yeah. stuff for next season but yeah it wasn't it wasn't his best let's put it that way but he has set a, a pretty high standard Trust me, Rich.
0: If you if you talk if you talk to our, our supporters, um, unless we're unless he's Lothar Mateus, then he's he's crap and he's another farmer. That, that's 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 how our support base <laughs> thinks. Just go on. Well, I, I do worry that Arsenal fans think they have signed Lothar like, Mateus. Oh, we yeah. Well, I say we do. I don't because I've got a brain, but a lot of our fan base do. Yeah. What were you going to say, Chess? Last. Oh, no, I was just,
2: uh, just going to add to that. I think it's his seventh or eighth match of the season. Is
1: his first defeat?
0: Yeah. Not a bad record to have, is it? Not a bad You'll
1: have, record to have. have many more next season. Yeah, <laughs> yeah true, true, true a, true.
0: a slight
3: nod back as well was that we had at the weekend Neem, who looked terrible mostly, beat Monaco 3 yeah. 1 and are currently at the time of recording, etc., and so on, 2 0 up against Dijon. Mm. So they're Kind
2: of the Nolan Rue effect
3: snooking up, <laughs> yes, he did score, I believe, against Dijon earlier.
0: Is, I have no idea, idea who
3: scored against uh Monaco, but there's a it felt like the um kind of relegation zone was kind of fixed, but change. apart from Toulouse, who still looked uh, fucking terrible um there, there is a degree of movement above them which is interesting and so you know there's still some gas and explosion i think
0: yeah I think that so. those two results for Nimes are, uh, are massive yeah. um, in terms of where they are on the table. If they, you yeah. know, if they tune it up with, bear
2: less in
3: than 10 mind to these go. are the guys that I think started a league de um, competition a couple of seasons back, nine points down mm. uh, from the get go because of administrative. <coughs> issues yeah um oh, and oh. and managed to get themselves promoted within two seasons they are I th- I think probably they are not scared by being in a difficult position. No. I've and got that's experience. something yeah that's something where they're like right fuck it we're gonna do it. Yeah. And so I still think there could be some movement down there. So Dijon Still, Mets, maybe there could still be some some uh, kind of shenanigans yeah. uh, that need to be gone over, which yeah. is interesting for the neutral, not for Jazz. No, for the for the for the neutral, absolutely the neutral. We're loving that. So
0: the um the, the final game. I just wanted to touch on before we um before we sort of reach the the results. Um, Jess, I'll come to you for this one. Um, we saw a 2-1 victory for Nice over Lyon um, Kasper Dolberg getting a double in a game that saw Three of the most mental red cards you're ever going to see Or particularly two anyway <laughs> um, uh, Sorry, two, two red cards you're going to see um, Particularly the second one um, Adam Runa sent off for for Nice um, And uh, Lyon's Fernando marcal sent off I should also give a nod, which I didn't to last week Gelson Martin sending off is probably right up there with the most signal if you've ever seen. But uh, yeah, that's another story. Um, Leon, at the time of recording this, there's a nil-nil at home to Omian. Audible boos at half-time. The natives are restless. Um, we've seen this before with Rudy Garcia, have we not? Um, what's your thoughts on a sort of a depilus Leon who it just look like a side that are really struggling at the moment for, for any form, any consistency as they head into what is a big month for them?
2: I think it's more that they're they're struggling for confidence because until the Nice match they they were unbeaten in in uh, twenty twenty Dembele was a, was on a great run um, and and they weren't playing the greatest football but I think that's probably to be expected and it looked like they were sort of gradually getting back to to some something like not their best but sort of. A difficult to beat unit, and and at least the, the foundations to work from. But They've just um, scored, by the way. I
0: just, <laughs> just <scored. laughs>
2: They had, uh, by the way, that they, they hit the post about five minutes ago through shaky as well.
0: Oh, it's offside. I think is it offside? I think it might be offside. Sorry, I'm, I keep interrupting you. Please carry on.
2: That's all right. Um, <laughs> so it's it's not hugely surprising because I think their their confidence was still a little bit shaky, and and I think you need more than sort of into or just late January, um, a, you need a long, longer than sort of three, four weeks of, of form, um, considering how bad the, the first few months of the season keel. And um, the Nice match, in a way, was actually back to sort of good old Lyon in the sense that it was a match that they probably, especially after the, first of all, after um, beating them on Thursday in the Cup, and then... Um, probably Nice's best player this season being out and then uh, getting back to 10 men each um, mm-hmm. with, with Unas getting sent off, I think late in the first half, I think Leon probably thought they were going to just turn up for the second half and, and, and win it. So I think that was back to their, their old bad habits of, of um, arrogance. Um, and then tonight, I think because of the confidence knock of Sunday, um, I haven't watched tonight, but by all accounts, they just haven't been good enough. And then they've had a shot on target until Shereki came on. Mm. And however brilliant he is, if you're if you're relying on a 16-year-old to um to to do the basics for you, then you're in a little bit of trouble.
0: Mm. Yeah, yeah, agreed. And that goal was ruled out; the boards behind before being cut back and turned home. So that was why. Yeah, the goal was was ruled out. We will give you the full times shortly because those games will be ending shortly, but before we do, I um, just want to run down some other results. Um, so we mentioned obviously the rens uh, ren's win and psg's win. Um, Dijon as Phil mentioned beat Brest 3-0 at the weekend as well And with a couple of goals there and Steffi Vitti for Arsenal trainee on the score sheet um, Neem beating Monaco as you also mentioned um, that uh, was the game in which jos Martins was sent off uh, for those who haven't seen it Timo Bakayoko was sent off for a Pretty reckless lunge um, Joseph Martins wasn't particularly happy with this So um, shoved the referee in the chest twice And wonders why he got sent off
2: I think if they're, like, uh, they're going to make the decision tomorrow But I think a lot of people think he's out for the season now.
1: Yeah, sounds like a pretty hefty Well, th- Think De um, think Ducanio Ducanio. and Alcock Yes,
0: oh those were the days Rich. Those were the days I was there <laughs> at that game actually it against Arsenal. Um, But yeah, I think that's um, Yeah, I think that could be a lengthy ban For a player that, let's be honest, Monaco needs right now um, but yes, uh, Romeo Filippotti on the score sheet Always oh, good to see for Neiman that game um, We also saw Rams beating Angers 4-1 was Certainly not a result I would have called Not by four goals anyway um, And uh, yeah, good result that for uh, Angers actually took the lead Before falling like dominoes um, Strasbourg's uh, decent run Coming to an end as they lost at home to Lille uh, Lille never went away But apparently they decided to this weekend Thomas with the opener, but Gabriel and Ossiman of course with the winner with 10 minutes to play. Um, to lose, uh, yes, they didn't lose, but they still didn't win. 0-0 with Amiens less said the better in that one. And we mentioned Nice beating Lyon, Mets beating St Etienne, and the final game of the weekend, which I thought we'd have lots to talk about tonight's show. <laughs> nah, Bordeaux nil, Marseille nil. Um, the only thing I would say is give them a fair bit of stick. Mandanda made a fantastic save in that game, as did Benoit Costille. Um, one thing I don't understand... Well, why did Bordeaux not play Yassin Adli? not can't, can't understand it, why he's, not, why he's on the bench. What were you going to
2: say, Jess? Uh, just that um, that means that it's now, where it will be 43, 44 years. Marseille haven't won in the yeah. league at Bordeaux since
0: 1977. <laughs> the longest run in Europe, isn't
2: it? I, I saw The other day I saw, before the match, I saw Habib Bay, who <laughs> used to play for Marseille and has yeah. long since retired, talking about it. He was born 19 days after Marseille's last (laughs) win. Well,
0: there you go. There's a stat for you. Um, So that was the weekend that was in Liga. As I say, I will give you the other results in a moment. But before we do that, we're just going to um, we're going to introduce a little segment that we are going to play around with over the next um, few weeks. We made made a mention of it last week, so. Uh, first of all, it's over to Rich, who's going to take on the first episode of our Triple F series, which is French Football Futures. Um, this week, uh, we are going to uh, focus on a certain Mr. Camavinga, who's playing at Rennes. So Rich, uh, tell us or tell those listeners who maybe aren't so familiar with this young superstar, um, what's he like? What's his attributes and um, what sort of things you you would pay attention to in terms of looking at him as a future star of French football?
1: um right well for for those that aren't aware of him and i i there probably aren't many actually now <laughs> um he's he's a seventeen year old um has hasn't even been really properly on on radars for a year yet but is already being touted as you know one of the next big stars to emerge from france uh only turned seventeen at the start of december. Uh, made his ren debut or signed his, his uh, professional contract with wren and at the time was the youngest to have ever signed professional contract with ren made his appearance in april of last year um against angers funnily enough exactly the same fixture that won usman dembele um may he get rest uh, may, may, may he get well soon uh, also made his debut in um but yeah, I mean, so so midfielder, absolutely ridiculous prospect um, with, with barely any games under his hat. He completely dominated um, PSG in the PSG midfield um, back towards the start of this season. Was head and shoulders the best player on the pitch. Was pretty much the best player on the pitch the match before um, in the season opener against Montpellier. And it's just remarkable that the stratospheric rise that he's had in such a short period of time while still remaining pretty down to earth. I mean, he's a kid still, you know, he, 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 we, we can't forget that. We'll allow him the odd um, indiscretion. You know, we, we mentioned earlier in the show about his, his exuberance, shall we say uh, uh, after the winner against Nantes, but everything's going to come to him. The experience, is going to come to him um he will be a superstar if if i mean he's he's already in that sort of pre superstar status where everybody's laying claim to have been the sort of first to mention him look out for him i da, 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 da. um in, in terms of what you can expect well you've got a midfielder here who potentially has it all um he can play any position uh, in, in in the midfield it seems whether he's whether he's just sitting in front of that defence, whether he's taking the ball going forward, he, you know, he's, he, he is capable of box-to-box play. He's capable of playing in a much more attacking role. The sort of attributes that he's got seemingly give him very few limits. I think the only limit, limits he's got at the moment are one, uh, an extraordinarily high reliance on his left foot. Um, so he needs to work on, on utilising that right a little bit more. Um, and his and his frame—he is a very very slight figure. I mean, already this season you can tell there has been a bit of of, of, of muscle work being added to to his um, his fitness training at the club. He has bulked out a little bit in terms of looking stronger, but he's he's incredibly comfortable on the ball. Absolutely nothing seems to phase him. It really doesn't. The composure he's got, the energy he's got. Uh, and as I say, it's frightening to think that this is with so few games under his belt. Uh, at you know, 17 months and through 17 years and three months old, where he's at this level. It is frightening to think how far he could come. Um, he's got a lot to learn, as I mentioned, the, the, the sort of weaknesses that he's got. But in terms of not not afraid to get into 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 a tackle, he'll do that. Perhaps just needs to be careful he's not too wild. He has a, he has a tendency to look like he's going into tackle. I mean, this, the intent isn't there, but the manner in which he goes into tackles can make things look a little bit messier than, than they perhaps are. Um, but he's incredibly calm on the ball. He can run with the ball. Superb distribution. Um, I mean, you, can, you, you only have to go back to that, that PSG game that really announced himself on the scene and the cross that he put in. Uh, for the Del Castillo winner was was marvellous. You know that was such a such a good ball for a player so young. And as we saw when he notched his first goal for the club um, a few weeks ago in in the win against Lyon, you know he's not afraid to take the ball and 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 run into the into the op- uh, the opponent's box and you know scored a really good goal. It wasn't the greatest to finish. He was helped by a pretty weak effort um, from Anthony Lopez, but the sort of jinking run that he made to, to create space uh, and the movement off the ball. Uh, you know, I, can't, I, I could probably go on far longer than we have here talking about how much potential and, and the, 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 the attributes that he's got, but he is such an exciting player. Um, you know, it's almost becoming a bit of a cliche now because so many people seem to have, have jumped on it because there is, you know, the sky is the limit. Um, there are rumours that Wren have already slapped, you know, a minimum hundred mil valuation on him. Um, to be honest, if he stays another season at Ren and continues doing what he's doing, if and I touch wood here, if Champions League football can come as well and he can add that experience to his game, hundred mil is probably you know a drop in the ocean for some clubs for the play that they'd be getting. But I think in terms of midfield, he he very much could be. Uh, the next big thing for France, because of course, he does also now have French nationality. He got that um, towards the end of last year. Um, so despite being being born in Angola, due to the fact that he came over here at such a young age, he's been with Rennes since the age of 11. Um, Rennes sort of really, with help from the French Football Federation, really put a fast track on his, on his uh, French citizenship. He's got that now. He's already been called into the under-21s. It may sound ridiculous, but if Ren can can keep it up and can get a third place, if there are some injury concerns in that French midfield, it wouldn't be, I don't think, the most ludicrous thing. I'm not saying it will happen, but it wouldn't be the most ludicrous thing to see him as a a real outside bet for a spot, even in the Euro 2020 squad. But there will be many more caps to come, so... If you're a club in search of a midfielder, you really need to be pouncing as soon as possible for him.
0: Yeah, yeah, well said. And of course, I guess with the French national team, a lot can happen between now and the end of the season in terms of injuries and God knows what else. So um, yeah, we shall keep keep a look at that one in the future. Um, the the plan is to rotate with the host for for a pick. So um, hopefully, if uh, Jez is on next week, then. The floor will be his for a player of his choice. So, as always, if you've got uh, a player that you particularly want to bring up or want to have a focus on, um, just drop us a tweet or a DM or whatever it may be, and we will do our best to uh, to do our best to find out a bit more about them. Um, so, yes, please do that. But thank you very much, Rich. That's very useful information. Um, I will just give you some results because we do have some full times from tonight's games in Liga. There is one game le- left to play, which is St Etienne. At home to Marseille, which is about to kick off, but the result for tonight, uh, to lose lost. Um, I know that's uh, going to come as quite a surprise to everyone listening to this, but uh, they lost at home to Transport by one goal to nil. Uh, Maurice with the winner there. Um, is that, is that actually that's the same worries that was at Lorient? Am I not mistaken? Yeah. It is, yeah, he yeah. Very much he's, not wel- he's very run- much
1: not welcome in Rennes. No,
0: <laughs> when did they sign Was that signing his, in yeah. January?
1: Tried to sign him and then he was hijacked at the, the airport. Oh, of
0: course it. he was. Of course he was. Yeah, yeah. I remember these now. Well, there you go. Um, Razz and Nice drew 1-0. Bielis uh, Melo got the opener. There's a ne- lot of draws here tonight, Yeah, there? three, four. Four draws. Um, <sighs> Abdel Hamid with the equaliser for Razz. there. Um, Neem did hold on for their 2-0 win over Dijon. A big result for them. Uh, ben Rolou ben and as mentioned, Nolan Roux, naturally. Uh, he got the second match and Marseille in the Phil Jazz Derby, ended 1 1. Savanier good to see him on the score sheet, and playing again for Montpellier before Belaya equalising for Mets with 10 minutes to play. Uh, Leon did indeed draw 0 0 with Amiens and not the result they were looking for. Uh, and Brest Bordeaux also ended his stalemate 1 1 uh, with a late Benito own goal. Or, um, from Bordeaux equalising for a one one-one draw in that one. Um, in terms of, I know a few people might have expected us to talk a little bit about the transfer window um, last week. It closed. Frankly, so I... none
3: of us care. Okay, no, none of us I, do. care. I, I don't do. care. I, do. I, I don't, do. don't fucking do. care. I I hate it. It's horrible. There is. Well, I
1: was just going to uh, say the, the yeah. one we did. We did. We did sign a World Cup winner.
0: Yeah, that was the... Uh, do you know what? I was just going to say, if there was one highlight <laughs> of the window and Stephen and Zonzi is the highlight, because um, I, I genuinely, I've looked through all these transfers and I can't see any others where I've gone, oh, that's not a bad deal. Um, I'm, I'm looking through them again now, but...
1: Well, I think, I think Leo, Leo, Leon and Monaco did some good business. That's I, think. True. I think yeah. Mon- Monaco went back to the... Sort of Louis Campos' age of of buying some really exciting young, but not too young, mm, prospects within and also mm. overseen well. So they've brought in some good players. I think Leon. I mean, they were sort of forced to with with Memphis's um, his injury. So they brought in um, Toko kambe and I can't remember the name of the Portuguese midfielder that they brought in. Oh. Uh, going to get Bruno. Kim, Kim yeah, that's the one. They brought, brought him in as well, who by all accounts comes with a pretty high reputation. So I think they've both done well. But yeah, I'm I'm excited to see what Nzonzi can do uh, in that midfield with, with Kamavinga. I think to have someone with the experience um, that Nzonzi has, I think that can only be a good thing for Camavinga. For so to see them as a partnership in the centre of that midfield, I think could be a really, really good uh, prospect for Rennes.
0: Yeah, yeah, well said. Anything that caught your eye, Jez, in terms of the window? I thought the, the Luca Tussauds deal to Hertha and being loaned back from Lyon was probably the other sort of one. And Nico Gaitan went under the radar for me from Lyon. Not Leo.
1: going to Man United?
0: Yeah, yeah, indeed, yeah. Um, <laughs> that one slightly right. caught me out, but yeah, I don't there, Anything else that you noticed there, Jez?
2: Um, <laughs> I'm trying to remember. I mean, like I said, I'm quite pleased with. Um, how Messi's signings have done so far in terms of Bron and Pajor. Mm. Um, <clears throat> I agree, I think Lyon and Monaco have probably done the best best business, although we won't necess- necessarily see the benefits this year because gimarish certainly sounds like one for the future and anyways, I'm going to come until I think maybe next month or a couple of months' time. Mm. And um, for Fana and Chiromeni for for Monaco, I think uh, I'm not sure they're worth what was spent on them. But I think they're they're really good signings. And for Fana, probably has already come up with a couple of man of the match performances since he's arrived. Mm. Um, certainly yesterday, he looked. I think he came up with the assist for for ben goal at the weekend, maybe as well. So, um, yeah, I'm not yet confident that. Monaco uh, have got their ship in order, but it looks like at least they're going in the right direction.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well said, well said. So, if there is a particular transfer that you're interested in, let us know. But I think that's the best of what we can pull from that. Um, so we will we will finish up by just having a look ahead to the league 1 games upcoming. I think I'm right in saying there's another midweek um, round of fixtures again next week as well. Um, so it's yeah. all go at the moment. Uh, but if we look ahead to this weekend's. Um, action, we've got uh, Angers-Lille is, is the Friday evening game. Um, Marseille, not on Sunday evening. Wow, what on earth happened? They are on the 4.30 them in fairness, against Toulouse. Um, if they don't win that, frankly, we might as well pack up and go home. Um, <laughs> oh, oh,
3: can you imagine? Well, stranger things have happened. Stranger if things if have happened.
0: That doesn't work out. K- yeah, it, it will be chaos. It wouldn't be. uh wouldn't be good. Um, we've got Rennes against Brass, Dijon against Nantes, Amiens, Monaco. That's suddenly quite a big game on uh, these the Saturday evening games. Nice against Nîmes, in form Nîmes, of course. Now Metz, Bordeaux. They're the Saturday evening fixtures. And Sunday we've got Montpellier-Saint-Étienne at 2, Strasbourg-Gramme at 4, and PSG-OL is what will be the uh, precursor to the Premier League classic. final. classic. Indeed. Um, so they're playing each other twice in a month, Things are right saying. So that should be fun. I'm assuming we're all going for that as the game to watch for the weekend. Yes, no, all, the, although the I was be attempting
3: to go to Montpellier-Saint-Étienne, <laughs> <laughs> but it turns out that... Um, The stadium recommends you don't take children under the age of five. So my uh, friend uh, is um, struggling to decide whether to come with me or not, (laughs) given that the baby is one. Yeah, Um, yeah. It's uh, the CRS also have that listed as a, a sensitive match, which to be fair, is their own fault and uh, not that of the fans. But, uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see yeah. if I uh, uh, manage
0: to make it there and, more importantly, make it back. Yeah, well, that's that's obviously key. <laughs> and, Rich, you've gone full hipster. Which one were you looking at? Though? Yeah, I was
1: looking at, at another Breton derby, Ren Brest. Yeah, yeah. It's probably the battle to, to see who wants to claim to be more Breton. <laughs> um, <laughs> sort of east v west more, Breton derby. Who
3: has more Z's in
1: their, in their hashtags? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah. It, I won't, I won't claim that it will be anywhere near as exciting as the last uh, Breton derby, but uh, um, it's a more friendlier, or slightly more friendlier atmosphere uh, yeah. that and I assume, Jez, you'll be
0: backing Mets To take three points at home to Bordeaux On Saturday evening as well um, Any other games that you've taken your fancy to On that, that list?
2: Um, apart from the ones mentioned I think Nice against Nîmes And Strasbourg against Ras Both have the potential to be really good Or really bad
0: mm.
3: But um,
2: <laughs> they could be worth looking out for yeah, um, no, in, no in between on those, is there? Yeah, and I just, I, Lille, I just think are really intriguing this year. Um, the same way, like really good home form, poor away form, um, can look fantastic one week, awful the next. And Angers is a tricky place to go, so um, yeah, that one could be interesting. But yeah, certainly PSG, Lyon, paper, but the state that both clubs are in at the moment. Mm. Um, I mean, this could be another 5-0, I think.
0: Yeah, yeah. first goal and that one's going to be very important I think depending on the outcome of the game but uh, yeah we'll all be tuning in of course uh, for that just before we go um, I'm just going to give everybody just a quick heads up on where League is at the moment uh, not I that, wonder why Yeah, not for hey. any particular reason other than uh, Lorient of course are top naturally um, and not only are they top, they're five points clear stretches out but um, yes Lorient are indeed top four straight wins uh for them they won 4 two against uh, sorry they won four against Socho last weekend so uh, cementing their position there Lance, didn't
2: um, they score four yesterday
0: as well? Against Le Mans, I believe, yes, 4-2. That was the, in fact, the result I was looking at. And you know that your season is um, <clears throat> is going well when Vincent Le Goff scores. So, um, yeah, a, 4-0, a 4-2 a 4 and a 4-0 in the last two games. Scoring goals looking good, which is always a bonus. So, um, yeah, Lorient on 51 points and five points clear of Lance's second on 46. Uh, Ajax here, nice to see them kind of coming back slowly but surely, 42 points there in third. And they join uh, Clermont, Antoine, who are in those uh, sort of playoff places in fourth and fifth. Um, and there's a bit of a cluster of clubs quite close together. La Havre, Valenciennes, Gangon, Nancy, uh, Grenoble, uh, Sochaux. probably even goes as far as down, as I say, Carl, Chambali, all down to 27 points, all the way down to 14th. But it's quite a cluster. Um, but you, you'd think realistically, sort of, 32 points upwards, um, depending on those clubs and how they get on. And then down the bottom, you've got um, two clubs looking doomed at the moment. Orléans, bottom, 16 points. Paris FC, shame. Uh, 19th, mm-hmm. uh, 18 points. But they are only a point behind Neol, who are 19th, uh, sorry, 18th with 19 points, uh, with Le Mans, Chateau and Rode uh, just above them. So it is quite constantina at the bottom.
2: Just talking new- about Paris... Paris FC quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, they've got Rene Girard's manager, Jeremy Menez, who scored yeah. two yesterday. And they've also just signed Vassal Cozziello on loan. Yeah, I saw Remember that.
3: Ah, yeah, I, I saw, saw that. Like, oh, the little baby face. Where has he got to? Where? Yeah, went, went to Cologne I
0: and was I was
3: like, oh. very
0: surprised. Such big things, I thought, when he was at Nice. I thought he's such a good player. Um and, and nice to see Hadson Banafa pop up at Valladolid last week as well. Did you all see that? That's uh, Oh God.
2: Yeah. Well, when you say nice. Well, I mean May
0: he do well,
3: Jez.
2: We've had he, this argument before. At his on his introduction, he was doing keepy uppies and they asked him to do some with his head. And he said no, because he didn't want to ruin his, his hair. hair. Yeah. <laughs> and then... And then <laughs> How could the pre- you not respect... In the press conference, they, they <laughs> asked him about the number, the, the shirt number that he'd chosen. Number and three, he said it? he's chosen number three because it's a really pretty looking number on the back of a shirt.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's right up there with John Hartson wearing five at Coventry, but I won't go there. Um, yeah, very strange. But um, we shall see what...
1: Uh, I'll give Just... it six months. Just to add one thing, that there have, there have been delays to the Saint-Étienne-Marseille game. It mm. seems as though there's been some fan trouble, possibly outside the ground. That's what the message uh, on the screen suggests, yeah. And per, you know, police have used, in normal light-handed French <laughs> policing, have used water cannons and tear gas. Well, Kickoffs can like delay. Like players, I said, are, players are in the players are in the dressing room still. Oh, I think various journalists have said it's not looking good for any Marseille fans wanting to get into the stadium. So no. more They, if they the think
3: that Montpellier Saint Etienne is a, a dangerous game, not because of anything the fans did, but because the um, cops blew out somebody's eye a couple of years ago uh, who knows it's this is potentially why fans don't travel much in France it, I think, because you're treated
0: like shit I think they delayed it just so that we could watch I think that was what was actually happening they wanted us to finish so that we could, we oh, could watch they, us they treat, they're treated <laughs> like shit appreciate that it's guys nasty. <laughs> anywho yes we will um, we will leave it there um for this week's uh french football weekly so thank you ever so much for tuning in as always uh, we appreciate each and every one of you um thank you as i said for all the feedback from last week's show as well good to be back like i say chuck in those uh those recommendations otherwise we're just going to have Mets and men players every week but
2: um also
3: montpellier and Lorient
2: can't do Andy Delore every week, though, surely. No, I'm not doing um, Daphne, it. Definitely, if you two are up
0: for Jory's shot and
2: um, <laughs> <laughs> L'Oreal, Le, Faire, Le Faire, I want to hear that. Oh, yes. More.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, I'm, I mean, anything Lorient based, I'm fine with. So, um, you know, we we can we can plough through. I'm sure we'll find plenty of players. But uh, yes, if you've got any requests, do let us know. But we will be back next week, um, probably similar time. We shall let you know it's either Tuesday or Wednesday as normal. Um, as I say, full full weekend program, full midweek program again next weekend. So I'm sure we'll have plenty to discuss. But just means nice for me to thank my guests this evening. Thank you very much to Rich, to Phil, and to Jez. Thank you all. Thank you. Thank, you. Thank you. And as I say, we shall be back to discuss all the happenings from the weekend's action next week. Until then, enjoy your French football, and we'll speak to you very soon.